Hello, I'm Dr. Sam Hancock of the Emerald Planet and Emerald Planet TV. We come to you on a week-to-week -week basis from Washington, D.C. in the United States as we look around the globe in 144 different nations looking for those thousand best practices, the technology, services, and products that are making a difference as we move through the 21st century. And as we have a planet of 9 billion people by 2038 and possibly 12 to 13 billion by the end of this century, how are we going to be able to take care of all these people on planet Earth? And that's what Emerald Planet's all about. We come to you looking at the solutions, the best practices from around the globe as we create the Emerald Planet. Hello, welcome to the Emerald Planet. We're making a difference as we move through the 21st century. Seeing the long-term impacts of climate change, so we're glad to have you. Thank you for being with us. Looking at Mother Earth and all living beings, we really, each and every one of us, not only we think about the sunshine and the rain, uh, all the other things that go into making us creative, dynamic, living beings, but also the soil. And this is something that we never really think about. We walk on it, we move it, we build houses on it, we pave over it. We do absolutely everything to soil. Most of it, which is detrimental, not only to the soil, but all the living organisms that's in the soil. So we're gonna be talking about everything that depends on soil. And we have an expert coming from the country of India and Baramati in Maharashtra State. This is Samir Sedeva. He is an engineer. Also, he's a field research scientist for soil health. Samir, welcome to the Emerald Planet TV. Thanks a lot, Sam. It's my pleasure to be here on Emerald TV today, participating in this with you. I'm really glad to have you. Uh, very quickly, tell us what is soil health? And then we have some really excellent images and we're going to walk through those so that our audiences here and abroad will really understand everything that you're trying to convey about soil health. Uh, soil health, let me put it in very simple words that there are a few functions which soil has to perform. And uh, that is the measure of the health of a soil. Whether it soil has got microbes, whether it's got air, whether it's got water, whether it's got carbon in it, mm -hmm. which would support production of food. Yeah, that is very, very important. I think this is a very striking statement. The nation that destroys its soil destroys itself. And many nations, just like in the United States and uh, even in India, uh, we're doing much to make the surface uh, within each of our countries impervious, which is very detrimental to the soil. So what does this truly mean to you? The nation that destroys its soil destroys itself. Nation consists of people. It consists of biodiversity. It consists of forest. It consists of animal kingdom. And the entire nation is being fed by one piece of dirt, which is there under our feet, which is called soil. If we don't take care of soil, then how would we produce sufficient food to feed the nation? So yeah, and it's also about living and all these others. Healthy soil, you have these four pillars. 
what are each of these and how do they interact with each other, but also support each other? See, soils basically consist of a lot of microbes. So one teaspoon of soil would consist more than one billion bacteria. And these bacteria are very, very important to be present into the soil because that is what feeds into the plant in terms of production of food. So biological diversity in terms of microbes help us in production of food. Once we grow crops onto the soil, then soils are more porous and we can harvest most of the rainwater which is falling into the soil and recharge the aquifers. And the fourth element, which is very, very important, is that the root and the plant, by way of photosynthesis, would capture CO2 from the atmosphere, release O2 back into the atmosphere, and put carbon back into the soil. Mm -hmm. So that is the main function of soil, putting carbon back into the soil. One of the things we don't really think about, Samir, and this came out uh, very nicely when I was uh, in high school and working on uh, agronomy and forestry projects, but the literally the trillions of living beings that are actually in the soil. And why do we need to take care of these living beings uh, if we can't even see them? So these are the living beings in the soil which we need to take care of because whatever nutrient is available in the soil, it has to be broken down into cations only then these nutrients can be absorbed by the plant mm -hmm. and in eventually come to the humans what we eat because we eat plants, right? If these microbes are not there, then this breaking down of nutrient from the soil for absorption of plant will not be there. So microbes are very, very important because of that. Mm -hmm. Now, looking at this cycle as far as uh, the CO2 uh, and then the oxygen and then you know, of course, the, uh, the HO2, the water. So tell us about how this interaction happens and why it is so critical for every form of life on planet Earth. See, basically, I think uh, in farming, uh, most of the companies today are focusing on NPK, which are primary, secondary, and micronutrients. Mm -hmm. But the whole idea is that the basic building block of humans is nothing but hydrogen, carbon, and oxygen. So over here, we are focusing on three basic elements, which most of the farmers today think are available free of cost, but they are not. They are getting scarce over a period of time. So any soil will consist of about 45% carbon, 43% oxygen, and 6% hydrogen. So looking at this, then this is really critical. This is a building block of all the food and everything that's uh, going on on planet Earth that we humans really depend upon. But looking at the composition of the soils, why is this balance so important? See, this balance is very, very important uh, because soil has to be porous, soil has to be fertile, soil has to have microbes, soil has to have minerals in it. And this is the composition of an ideal soil. Mm -hmm. I would say going back 100 years, most of the soils would have these kind of structures. But over a period of a century or decades after World War II, things have changed in terms of the structure. Mm -hmm. So we can explain 
later about how does it impact, but this is the ideal structure of a soil which is desired for production of food for human race. Well, doing these programs with uh, Emerald Planet TV and talking with subject matter specialists like you from around the globe, one of the things I learned is that we always think about water and soil, water for everything, uh, and water is life. But actually, uh, oxygen, the air, uh, is equally important as far as what we need to be doing to increase the cycle of life and improve the right. cycle of life. Now, this is a very complex uh, image here, but uh, shortly and quickly, what are we looking at and how does this cycle actually operate to the benefit of all living beings on planet Earth? So I think uh, it is a very busy site, as you have said, but this is something which is nutrient cycling. So we have got uh, plants which are growing onto the soil, which decompose and go back into the soil. And uh, the soil will store the nutrients which are available from the dead plant or the water which is coming from the rain or the sunlight. And soil will just keep all these nutrients back into the soil mm -hmm. for the new generation of plants to survive. So just simple thing is that everything starts from a soil and everything goes back to the soil. Mm -hmm. and soil has to have that buffering capacity or soils have to have that health in it so that whatever goes back into the soil is retained in the soil. Mm -hmm. So we are talking of nutrient here, but when we proceed ahead, you will see what all soil can do. Right. And the whole thing about this too is we need to look at this as the cycle of life. And we humans have become very arrogant as it relates to Mother Nature and even how we operate on planet Earth. We just take it for granted. Uh, but yet it's a very complex system that we all depend upon. And this biodiversity, as you've shared with me, is wonderfully important. It is extremely important because each and everything which has been there on this Earth has a role to play right? Mm -hmm. So we can see birds because birds will help us propagate seeds from one location to the other. Then we have got uh, animals who are there because these animals will take uh, soil and put air back into the soil. Bees are important for pollination. Microbes are very important for chelation of soil or chelation of micronutrient. And trees are very, very important in terms of capturing CO2 from the atmosphere and putting it back as carbon back into the soil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, we, I mean, we can't ignore either one of these. And also then the soil functions with water. This is something that I've uh, added three rain gardens in the back of my uh, garden here in Washington, D.C. And it's just amazing to watch that during a thunderstorm or real heavy rains how efficient it is. But we've really made a lot of the soil so compacted. So how do we look at this chart, Samir, and realize that what we need to be start doing is thinking about the soil every time we're on it uh, or, you know, with it or in it. So in this, basically what we are saying is that what you have just mentioned, that we have put the rainforest behind your uh, house in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. So you may have planted some trees out there, right? Correct. And yeah, we have seven trees, new native species. 
Yeah, so trees, the root zones of the tree go deep into the soil and create aeration and the porosity in the soil. So whenever there is a rain or a heavy rain, these root zones will has created porosity in the soil and that water will not run off, but it will go back into the aquifer. Mm -hmm. So this chart says, okay, fine. So soils have to have porosity in it. Because of that, they will be able to capture water and so we uh, need to make sure that uh, we're watching and taking care of the water. Uh, also, all the plants, whether they're trees, shrubs, or grass, needs to be all part of the system. I believe that's what you're saying as far as the soil functions itself. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. Okay. Now, the, uh, the buffering, what is buffering and how does that really work? See, uh, when we watch the internet, so in internet at that time, when you're watching a YouTube or something, so it is said that it, the, the things are being buffered. So buffering is nothing but a capacity for a device or a system to store. Mm -hmm. So we need to increase the buffering capacity of a soil, whether it is water, whether it is nutrient, whether it is microbes or whatever. So you buffer it into the soil for future usage. Mm -hmm. So that is what we mean to say. Right. Uh, this is our last uh, image that we're going to be dealing with. So let's just leave this as an image, Samir. What do we need to be thinking about? You have about 20 seconds as far as soil health for the next 5, 10 or 15 years, both India, the United States and all 212 other countries and territories. So I think... Uh, Right now, with the population crossing 7 billion, people are thinking of how we feed so many people. Mm -hmm. But if we don't take care of soil, we'll probably not be able to feed people. And most of the countries right now consider food as food to fill the stomach. What mm -hmm. I'm talking of here is zero hunger. If we don't have nutrition in the soil, we can fill stomachs, but we will not be able to provide nutrition to people which is desired. So that is the reason soil is very, very critical. Mm -hmm. Samir Sajavadevi, uh, the engineer, field research scientist for Soil Health. Thank you as we create the Emerald Planet. As we look around the globe, we're considering the topic of soil health something that we very rarely ever think about, uh, seldom discuss, and at the same time, it's critical as it is the building block for all life on planet Earth. We have a gentleman who has dedicated his life to this. This is Samir Sachdeva. He is an engineer, field agricultural research scientist, all about soil health in the country of India and in Maharashtra state in Baramati which is the name of the district in which he lives. And Samir, welcome to the Emerald Planet TV. Thanks a lot. It's my pleasure to be here with you on air, Sam. Glad to have you here about soil health. And then you have this very bold statement, soils are under threat. Why is that the case? 
And why do we even need to be thinking about soils in relationship to all living beings on planet Earth? See, if you look at it, soils are the basic to all uh, living beings to the Earth. And in the last 60, 70 years, we have not taken care of soil, which is the building block for all humans and animals in the plant. And now is the time we have to take care of the soils because they are under threat. Yeah, and this is something we're going to be discussing uh, in this particular show about soil issues, how it impacts humans, plants, animals, and the microorganisms and the health of all four of these living beings here on planet Earth. Uh, but we're going to look at some of the challenges that we have as far as the soils. And uh, we see a beautiful pastoral scene, uh, the grass, the cattle, uh, the mountains in the background, the, uh, the trees uh, growing right up to where the, the cattle are. Uh, but we're not even thinking about the soil. Why don't we think about soil? I think in the world which we are living today, uh, children and people eat food, but where is it coming from? They don't understand that. So that is the basic problem, that we don't consider soil as a living thing and that is supporting life. Mm -hmm. And that is the journey is all about, how do we educate people? Yeah, that's critically important. And industrial activity, this is something that of course is going on across all of India, uh, the United States, both of our countries have uh, rapidly growing populations, uh, but this is happening worldwide. How does industrial activity really negatively impact the soil? So there are two things. If you look at it, if soil is not productive, we can have an industrial activity there. But if it is a productive soil and we do an industrial activity there, then we are breaking the top layer of the soil, which is productive and we are destroying it. So that should not be done. I'm not saying industrial activity is not required, but yes, be more cautious in terms of what. Right. And moving in deforestation, this is something that many people actually do think about, particularly we talk about various places on the African continent, uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, places where we're removing the mango groves. And then of course, Amazonia in the middle of Brazil. So deforestation, how does that directly relate to the loss of soils, but also the loss of the nutrients and the ability to sequester carbon. So basically, I think uh, when we expense, we expose the soil to the atmosphere and the sunlight, so whatever nutrients are there in the soil gets exposed to the atmosphere. And with heat and light, they get released into the atmosphere. So mm -hmm. soils will have carbon in them, but once we expose the soil to sunlight and temperature that carbon will get converted into CO2 and get released into the atmosphere. So that is how soils get deteriorated. Yeah, and looking at this impact as far as agriculture is concerned, this is we're focusing on food production and uh, feeding a population base that's growing by, uh, you know, leaps and bounds, possibly 9 billion people on planet Earth by 2038. Uh, but the very agricultural practices we're using to feed people actually is helping to destroy the food supply. That's absolutely right. So 
first picture over here is soil compaction. If you compact the soil, the absorption level of soil for air and water goes down and the production of food will be less. Mm -hmm. Salinity on account of construction of dams and canals. So we are storing water and then putting it back into the soil, which needs to be done. I'm not saying it, it has to be done, mm -hmm. but we are adding a lot of salt into the soil. This also happens on account of usage of large set of inorganic fertilizers we are putting back into the soil. Mm -hmm. And then soil erosion. This happens by, we are just cutting off trees and all exposing soil. So if there is a heavy rainfall, then the top layer of the soil gets eroded. Mm -hmm. So these are the basic uh, physical parameters of soil which needs to be corrected. Right. Yeah, and this is something that uh, we need to really be uh, conscious of and, and concerned about. Uh, living soils versus, in essence, uh, very poor or non-performing, non-living soils. What is the difference to the plants, but also uh, difference as far as food production for a planet that really is rapidly going to 9 billion people? Right. Uh, so what we say over here is a living soil will have a lot of nutrient in it, which a plant can uptake. Later, that plant will feed uh, humans with the same nutrient which is there in the soil. Mm -hmm. So living soils will result in a healthy plant which will have more nutrient in it. It will have healthy food which we as humans and animals would consume and will stay healthy. So everything is correlated. So living soils are important for plant health and plant health is important for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is something we really don't think much about as far as uh, the plants being healthy themselves and then the nutrients they're bringing to us. But this is a very profound statement, healthy soil, healthy plants, healthy you. How do we know and why is it so important that we understand this direct link? So the direct link on this is that uh, whatever nutrition is required by humans. So in terms of medical sciences, everybody is on a pill of a calcium or a zinc or say decasul or vitamins. But if we eat healthy plants, which are coming from healthy soil, then our requirement of having pills every day in the morning will go down. So what we are saying is that eat healthy, eat natural, and stay healthy and fit. Now, the old adage, of course, is we are what we eat. And the very ancient statement is this food is medicine. How do we get this across to people to realize that both of these are truisms that we need to think about these? We are what we eat and food is medicine. I think uh, what we need to do is start educating people. I'll just make a statement. So. India is supposed to be the diabetic capital of the world. And Indian soils are very poor on two basic elements, which is called zinc and magnesium. And there is a lot of literature on the internet saying that uh, diabetic disease happened because of lack of magnesium and zinc. So mm. it is correlated. So we need to make sure that we have the right uh, selection of food and fruit uh, but also that we're making sure that we're taking care of the soil that's actually pr producing that. Uh, the soil forgotten miracle. 
Why do we call this the forgotten miracle? In the last 70, 80 years, we have not considered soil what it is or what it should be. Going back in ancient India, if you look at it, the way the agriculture was being done, soils were considered to be very, very, very important. But that importance over a period of time has deteriorated. For us, for our children, food is going to a mall or a food store and picking it up. Where that milk and food has come, the children today are not even aware of. So we need to start educating kids now the importance of soil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also the earlier uh, that we can educate them. I mean, even in babyhood, they need to understand the dependency on plants, on trees, uh, on the microorganisms, how all of this is part of the cycle of life. Uh, looking at the soil organic carbon, what does that really mean? And you have these three benefits. Explain for us what these three benefits are. So whatever we've been talking of in terms of soil health, everything correlates and goes back to having SOC, which is soil organ carbon into the soil. So soil organic carbon, if it is there in the soil, then we have benefits that the microbiological activity of a soil will go up. Mm -hmm. That is what I say biological. Right. Physical is it. Physically, that of organic carbon is high in soil, then the compaction percentage, salinity, all these things will get reduced. Chemical benefit, if organic carbon is there in the soil up to the optimum level, then whatever nutrient are there in the soil, they will break down into atoms which are more in available form for a plant. Now, if uh, and let me ask this question. So if these uh, chemicals and uh, the nutrients are readily available for the plants, does that necessarily have a direct correlation that they'll be readily available for the humans or the cattle that are going to be eating it? Definitely, these nutrients will be available. If the plant has got more nutrient in it and what we consume, we will be consuming more nutrient, which is in available form. And we don't need substitutes in terms of medicine to be consumed. Mm -hmm. And that's very, very so important. Right. Okay. Now, looking at uh, this gentleman, one of your Indian farmers, uh, as far as what is he seeing as far as soil health is concerned? And why is it so important that he feels like that we really are taking care of the soil? What, his future is linked to our future. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. So this is a basically a plight of a farmer in India today. So he is looking at gods. So agriculture in India has, you're looking at the sky as to when the water will come, what will happen. But he is not realizing it. What he is sitting on is a gold mine. If he takes care of after the soil, then most of the things will be taken care of. Going out on uh, the logo here, soil health. We have about uh, 15, 20 seconds. What do you see for people being aware of increasing attention to soil health over the next five, 10 or 15 years? So I think uh, it is for people like us, we need to talk about soil health to more number of people, whether it's government bodies, whether it's institutes, whether it's agriculturists, whether they're students. Even if we take few 
students from school going taking them back into the farm and sh showcasing them as to why exactly soil is important so that is something which will create awareness on soil health which is more important at this point of time mm -hmm. that sounds good thank you for being with us samir sashtiva uh, he's a field agriculture research scientist thank you for being with us as we create the emerald planet thanks a lot it was pleasure to be with you, Sam, today. Thanks a lot. We have a gentleman joining us all the way from the country of India, the Maharashtra state, and Baramati, which is a chief agricultural area of India. This is Samir Sachdeva. He is the engineer. Also, he is what's called a field agricultural research scientist, and we'll ask him about that in a minute. And uh, his theme is soil health. Samir, welcome to the Emerald Planet TV. Thanks a lot, Sam. My pleasure to be here with you tonight. Say, so what is a field agricultural research scientist, and why are you, and there are other, uh, others of you, so important? Basically, what we do is that uh, we keep studying the nutrient in the plant, nutrient in the soil, and uh, apply a little bit of engineering mind in terms of agriculture, logical mind as to why things are happening. And if you keep asking the right questions, you will get the right answer. Right. So we're going to be looking at restarting re, uh, the soils, uh, climate change remediation by humic substances. So looking at uh, soil organic carbon, what is soil organic carbon? Soil organic carbon basically is the amount of carbon which is available in the soil. As a percentage, this carbon may vary between one to about seven, eight percent. So very, very healthy soils will have about seven to eight percent carbon, mm -hmm. very poor soils some places in india will have only about 0.1 and 0.2 oh my god just to give any yeah so if the soils have got six to seven percent carbon in it you don't need to add any fertilizer for growth into that soil now that's a very profound statement because i think most farmers think no matter what they're going to do they're going to add carbon and they're going to add uh, chemical fertilizers insecticides yes. pesticides so how do we get this message across that they really need to know about the amount of carbon that's actually in the soil? Uh, most of the old farmers in India, when I meet farmers at the age of 70, 80, understand what I talk, but the young generation doesn't understand. They are more commercial farmers. So in this particular slide, if you look at it, again, carbon, can exist in various forms. So we have got coal, we have got diamonds. Similarly, in soil, we have got two forms of carbon. One is inorganic, which is in state white portion, which you see is calcium carbonate. Mm -hmm. And then with the black portion, which is more important for the soil, what we call it soil organic carbon. Right. So this is very, very important. Now, looking at this, uh, we're getting this black-brown uh, mixture here. So tell us what we're actually looking at. It looks very healthy. Uh, we think of soil uh, being this color, but is that necessarily the case? 
the soils having that kind of a color will be very rich in organic carbon that is for sure mm -hmm. but the main problem is that uh, we add a lot of uh, matter into the soil like uh, food waste is going into the soil the residues of old crop is going into the soil leaves of forest are going into the soil and we think soils have become rich in organic carbon but that is not true so our soils have become rich in soil organic matter but that organic matter essentially doesn't mean that the soils have got carbon in it so this is something which is very important to understand what is soil organic carbon mm -hmm. now increasing the uh, soil uh, organic carbon how do we do that Soil organic carbon, basically you can add humic substances, you can add uh, biochar, you can add a lot of stuffs into it. Now, uh, adding, the, adding that into it, what does that really mean though? Is this something we're just broadcasting, uh, we're infusing the soil with it? How do we increase this uh, organic carbon? See, uh, basically I think uh, when we are infusing humic substance into the soil it acts like a catalyst and that catalyst basically will start to capture co2 from the atmosphere and start to put back carbon into the soil so when we think of what exactly humic substances are so humic substances basically consist of log hydrocarbon chain consisting of c h and o and the names chemically given are fulvic acid, humus, humane, or humic acid. Right. So these are nothing but catalysts, which are important. Now, organic matter. How do we how do we get it, and how do we keep it as far as the soil is concerned? So organic matter can be put in by way of farmyard manure, which most of the uh, houses in India will have kettle, and they put it back into the soil. Mm -hmm. Then the compo compost what we call it so any bio waste we can put it back into the soil but most of the things organic matter which we put it in the soil is not long-term stable format so once soils get exposed to high temperature rainfall and sunlight this organic matter goes back into the atmosphere mm. but what we want is that we want a very stable kind of a compound wherein we put into the soil and it stays there in the soil for ages. Mm -hmm. But that is what we call it as humic substances. Mm -hmm. Now, the sources of this humic substances, as you're talking about, uh, what are the sources? So humic substances, main source right now is old deposits of coal. Because these are decomposed material which has been there for billions of years which have been deposited into the soil and if we extract humic substances from coal then it will be long term very very stable into the soil. Now and this is something that's uh, evolved over literally hundreds of millions of years and so very important. Now we have this uh, difference between soil humic acids and the humic substances extracted from coal uh as far as this uh chart is concerned what is the difference and why is the difference that important so i don't think in this uh, spectrograph whatever we are looking into the graph the soil humic acid which is a naturally 
occurring substance in soil is very close to humic substances extracted from coal. Mm -hmm. So this magnetic resonance graph, which is being shown here, they are saying that humic acid substances from coal is very close to the original deposits of humic acids in soil. Mm -hmm. So we can replace humic acid or original humic acid with humic substances extracted from soil. soil. Mm -hmm. And they will give the same amount of the result. Right. So this is something then to increase the productivity and also the nutrient level of the soil. Is that what we're saying with this chart? Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, the humic substance uh, amended soils. Uh, what is amended soil, for one? And then why is this uh, increasing the uptake of nutrients into plants so critical as far as uh, plants and animals? So when we say uh, humic substances amended soil, uh, we say that, okay, fine, we have added humic substances into the soil. So that is the amendment of soil which is happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has been proven fact, whenever we add humic substances to the soil, nutrient uptake goes up into the soil. Humic substances have got this property of chelating of nutrients in the soil chelating means breaking down the nutrients in the soil which are in the available form for the plants to uptake mm -hmm. so, so then what is, you're saying is uh, samir it's not only important as far as the plants themselves to have this so that they uh, grow faster better stronger uh, more nutrients but also for the animals and particularly for humans is that we are really depending on what we see in this field right here and billions of fields like this across planet Earth to make sure that as humankind and the animals that we depend on actually stay not only strong but stronger and have more nutrients. Would that be a, a very simplistic view of what this is all about? You have summed up very, very well. That is exactly what we are talking about. Okay, fantastic. Now, the organic matter over the, this is you've been at this for decades now. So that's why we're talking about this 10 year decade period. Uh, why is this uh, soil quality assessment so important to know about? And then for someone like you to be able to constantly target uh, to make sure that we continue the increasing organic matter in the soils. Yeah. If we continue to increase the organic carbon into the soil, then the usage of fertilizer or the requirement of fertilizer will start to go down. Mm -hmm. With increase in organic matter into the soil, what we initiate is the cell division. So the plants look healthy because cells have been divided. Whereas inorganic fertilizer, when we add, we basically are elongating the cells. So elongated cells will be thinner, will attract more diseases and pests. Division of cell will have less incidence of pests and diseases. Mm. So we'll have a healthy plant. So that yeah. is the reason soils, organic matter is important. Mm -hmm. And uh, looking at this uh, carbon, and we have a number of images right here, and I just want to march through these. So let's quickly comment on each one, uh, why each of these are important. See, basically, uh, on the left-hand corner, we are saying compost. 
so humic substances will also be termed as a compost so it puts a layer on top of the soil where the carbon or organic carbon is required so wherever we have put compost it becomes a layer on it and the plants start to grow healthy the root zones go deeper more photosynthesis is happening because the plants are healthy so more co2 being put back into the soil and that is what carbon cycle is all about right. when we capture co2 from the atmosphere and put it back into the soil a uh, decompaction why it's important and we have to be very quick because we're running out of time Samir. so decompaction is something porosity of a soil is what we call a decompaction so compact soils will have less porosity and porous soils will have more decompaction so that is what the picture right and left indicates. Water holding capability. See, organic carbon, when it is high in the soil, the soil will absorb more water because that long hydromolecular chain which is there will have space for water. Where on the right picture, because it's the same field where the organic carbon is high and low, we can see water is still on the surface of the soil. Wherein on the left hand side, water is get absorbed. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, the uh, microbiology, this is something I keep mentioning, but this is critically important to the health of plants. So organic carbon is food for microbes. So when we add humic substances into the soil, that is nothing but food for microbes. Mm -hmm. Then humic substances also create aeration in the soil. So any living organism would require water, it would require food, and it will also require air. So that is what exactly it's been depicted on that picture. We're going to go out on this, this photograph right here. Why the difference and why is it so important for these root balls to be so big and so robust? And we have to be quick because we're out of time. Humic substances really uh, in initiates the white roots on the left picture you see that there are very thin white roots which are coming out from the root mass ball and those are the fine white roots basically will pick up nutrient from the soil and give it to the plant and humic substances has got a very small portion of p which initiates increase in the root mass so that it is what it is important uh samir sachdeva Thank you very much for being with us as we look around the globe to create the Emerald Planet. We're talking about soil health and why it's so important and how it's critical for the building blocks of every living being on planet Earth. And we have a gentleman who actually is a specialist in this. He's an engineer, but also a field agricultural research scientist for soil health in the country of India and Maharashtra state. And this is Samir Saradiva. And Sadir, welcome to the Emerald Planet TV. It's my pleasure to be here with you, Sam, today. One of the things that we've been talking about, of course, is the, the chemistry and the carbon and, uh, you know, everything that goes into soil health. Uh, but now we're talking about educating the farmers, communities, industries, um, even the consumers and governments about soil health. 
why is it so important that every sector of society in India, the same in the United States and all 214 uh, countries and territories understand about soil health? It is important uh, for the entire chain when we talk of communities, consumers, then government bodies and students. Mm -hmm. They should understand where the food is coming from and what should be the priority of it. The priority today is soil health. And if we start to communicate with these communities, only then we'll be able to take care of soil. Otherwise, we will not be able to. Right. And that's very, very important. Uh, Baramanti, I've been in this area, actually spent about five days traveling throughout, uh, visiting farmers and seeing it. It's absolutely a beautiful area of India. Uh, why is the Baramanti area become such a repository as far as research, but also new ideas, new thinking, and new processing processes for agriculture in India? So I think uh, there are a lot of uh, KVKs which have been opened up in uh, India, but KVK Baramati is one of the premium institutes in the country. They have got good infrastructure, they have got good staff, and uh, typically it's been backed up by people who want, are living for agriculture. And uh, they have done a lot of uh, things for the farmer, be it fishery, be it chicken, be it poultry, be it soil health, be it new crop plantation, and it is driven by passion. So that is the reason it is very, very important. Mm -hmm. And this photograph, uh, first time I saw this, I said, my goodness, this could be in about uh, 40, 48, 49 of the 50 states of the United States uh, with this pastoral scene. This is absolutely beautiful. And thank you for sharing that with us. But also we think of India uh, this way as well, as far as the uh, the oxen and the fields. But what are some of the key challenges in India for uh, the agriculturalist uh, as well as for the consumer? See, uh, over here in these slides, what I'm indicating is that uh, we want to improve the soil health in the country, right? And the most of the humic substances which are available of high quality are in the liquid form. How do we apply a liquid humic acid substance into the Indian condition. We don't have huge tractors, we don't have trailers. So we have got small and marginal farmers, we have got small land holdings. We don't run on tractors in most of the farms in India. We have got still bullock carts which are prevailing here. Mm -hmm. And the main challenge is how do we customize a product for the Indian condition and how do we ensure that that product goes into the soil and the soil health improves. Mm -hmm. So this session basically is nothing but series of pictures wherein we have tried various things to put back organic carbon back into the soil. Mm -hmm. Now, marginal farmers, uh, we don't normally hear of this term in the United States, although we do have uh, some thousands of them. What is a marginal farmer in India? A marginal farmer in India is a small farmer having a very less land acre in terms of less than about say two, two and a half acres. Mm -hmm. And he has to support his family using that land, whether he grows vegetable or feed uh, grains or whatever. So we say he's a marginalized farmer who's supporting his life with a much 
marginal area of land. So India has got a lot of marginal farmers. If you know. Right. Now, uh, flood irrigation, uh, this is something uh, back in the old days, water was readily available. Now the aquifers are being, uh, you know, drawn down. Uh, why is this a way that you don't want to be doing irrigation? See, flood irrigation in India, 70% of the country is only on flood today because water in India is still free as per farmer, mm -hmm. right? And there is an investment which goes into putting in drip laterals into the field. And most farmers are not able to support it. Mm -hmm. So with drip, putting humic substances back in the soil is very, very simple. With flood irrigation, how do I add, uh, say, 10 liters of liquid into this field? It becomes a challenge for me. How mm -hmm. do I educate a farmer? How do you put it back? Mm -hmm. Salinity. This is something we talked about earlier. Uh, the salts that are coming out of the water, it's being used for irrigation. Uh, but we're actually, uh, through this, we're actually killing the very soil that we need. Is that uh, the idea? Exactly. Yeah, because see, there's a huge subsidy in India in terms of fertilizer. And to inorganic fertilizer, mainly urea. And farmers think adding urea to the soil, they will be able to grow more crop. But urea basically adding ammonia or nitrogen into the soil in excess is creating a problem of salinity. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, just treating the soil and this uh, humic material, tell us a little bit about this and why treat the seed and then uh, in essence, being applying it in the fields as well. See, basically, I think uh, as per standard norms, if you look at into it, we need to add 10 liters of humic substance per year per acre into the soil. Mm -hmm. So that is the standard which we need to put in. Now, uh, what we tried is that, okay, fine, we have got soya bean, we have got wheat, we have got rice. If we start to treat or coat seeds, by the liquid uh, humic substance which we have, we can add roughly about one liter by coating of seeds into the soil. Then, so this is not an additional activity for a farmer. Seed he has to sow any which way. If we coat it with something and give it to him, so there is no additional labor cost for a farmer. So this is really so, a, a more efficient way of getting the uh, the uh, humic material into the soil and the then the soil. fertilizer coating, you're really talking about the humic material uh, being coated uh, in uh, the seeds and then put into the soil, correct? Seed and the fertilizer. So fertilizer, when we coat DAP and urea with uh, this humic substance, it coats very, very well. Mm -hmm. And there are two advantages. We have added humic substance back into the soil and the second advantage is that the fertilizer becomes slow release. So, and so what you're doing you, then is actually, uh, even though the farmers initially will start using uh, the humic material uh, along with the fertilizer, is that you're actually uh, aiding the fertilizer itself uh, to be less inorganic uh, it will be inorganic, but it will become slow release. So it will not create salinity into the soil, mm -hmm. what we had shown in terms of the picture above. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, spraying. Now, the, this is something you think about spraying is uh, very dangerous and 
harmful to the farmer, him or herself. Uh, but this humic material, my understanding is it's not toxic. Is that correct? Uh, lethal dose of humic substance is very, very high. So in fact, humic substance has got this property of being an antioxidant. And even in future, I think uh, what we are talking of humic substance with the agriculture sector, it could find a pharmaceutical application as well. So if the plants are healthy because of humic substance, then if humans start to consume small portion of humic substance, so we should also be healthy. We are also living. Yeah. So it's, it's one uh, aiding the other. Uh, plant growth, why is it so important? And what are we looking at? So what we are looking at is a trial over here. On the right-hand side, uh, we have not used any humic substance. But on these other two beds, we have used humic substance, one by way of drenching and the other one by way of foliar spray. So it indicates that the growth of a corn plant using humic substances is much better mm. compared to the control where we have not used any humic substances. Now, salinity, this is something that the uh, humic material actually will address itself? Humic, ups, uh, what it does is uh, that the pH levels of the soil, where it is 7.58, and the sodium is there in the soil. That is what the salinity of soil is all about. When we add humic substances to it, humic substance has got this long hydrocarbon chain. And that the sodium which is present in the soil get attached to this humic molecule. So it is bounded. It is closed. It is not available for the plant in terms of sodium. So salinity is not there in the soil. It gets locked. Mm -hmm. Same thing humic acid done with uh, heavy metals like mercury, lead. It locks them down into the soil. Mm -hmm. That's just amazing. I mean, the, the variety and the, the positive impacts as far as the humic material is concerned. What are secondary roots? Uh, we think about roots, but I uh, don't know about secondary roots. So those very fine white roots which are there on the left-hand side, we call them secondary roots. And these are the very fine white roots, which we call secondary roots, are primarily responsible of picking up nutrient from the soil and giving it back to the plants. Leaf size and color. What is that telling us? It is a chili crop where we have used humic substances at the rate of say about three liters at the stage of uh, planting and three liters at the stage of uh, flowering. Mm -hmm. The life, uh, the leaf size has increased to that much. That means that the whole leaf has increased, so more photosynthesis will happen because the leaf mass is there. Yeah, and also too, uh, in a rainfall it will take uh, more of that in. Uh, soil compaction is something that we have talked about, uh, and that's something that we need to uh, be sure that uh, we ameliorate. But I want to get to these happy farmers. Let's go quickly through that. We only have about 30 seconds. And this really is right. the question of why are these farmers happy and how are we going to make them even more happy in the future, but also happy customers for the produce. And we got to be quick. So these are the farmers who were the first lot who tried humic substances on their crop and they were very happy with the result. What we want is that these farmers should stay happy and they should get more number of farmers to become happy.
And so the whole thing is and a happy me right here. I think this was a great photograph uh, as you see these uh, huge tubers uh, behind. Uh, how do you stay happy in all this? And you got about 15 seconds to do that. So a happy farmer, when he smiles at me because of whatever we have shared with him, makes me happy. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. This is uh, Samir uh, Sachdeva, engineer, field agricultural research scientist, soil health in India, Maharashtra State, Madhubati uh, District. Thank you for being with us as we create the Emerald Planet.